It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. There is a timeout on the field with the score. Listen to this. We are not drunk. This is accurate. The Eagles 34, the Cowboys 3. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? That was even weirder than the last time I attempted to do John Bartridge's intro. I'm trying to make it as weird as possible every time out that I do it. I am James Seltzer. This is episode 255, and uh, quite the uh, the impressive crew with me tonight. I feel uh, very honored and also very humbled to be the, uh, the third wheel uh, with the two superstars with us today. First and foremost, the editor-in-chief, the jefe, as John likes to say, the man in charge at Bleeding Green Nation dot com, Mr. Brandon Lee Gatton. What's up, BLG? I think this is going to be a pretty fun podcast. Ooh, I like, if any, if our pre-show like three-minute like attempting to all clap at the same time thing is any indication, it's certainly going to be off the rails. And with us as well, uh, the biggest star uh, on this podcast, at least in my opinion, uh, you can uh, catch him. Playing music live and uh, recorded and all that stuff. Uh, the guitarist of Circa Survive and a good friend of BGN Radio, Mr. Brendan Ekstrom. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Glad to be here. Thank you, guys. And uh, I would argue that Brandon has probably like 40,000 more Twitter followers than I do. Yep. So, uh, Ooh. Ooh, look know. at this. Look at this. Yeah, but like, I feel like there's something when you're up there rocking out in front of thousands of people. I don't know. Like, rock stars are cooler than media stars anyway. Oh, I didn't say I wasn't. Yeah, I didn't say I wasn't. More <laughs> <sexual>. <laughs> All right, that is perfect. Uh, obviously, uh, that's the direction we're headed in, and we haven't even gotten to the Twitter questions later, which should be fun. All right, a lot to get into as we uh, prepare for... Uh, potentially the worst game in the history of the sport, at least organized game. Uh, there might be an intramural game or two that could be as bad as this Jets-Eagles game. Hopefully we will not focus too much on that game itself. Let's start with uh, the biggest news of the week. And 
I think Philadelphia, the only town uh, in the country for, for many reasons, but also specifically because uh, this guy, certainly the most famous player at his position, uh, but the only town where a long snapper leaving town would cause a complete and total uproar. We have done emergency podcasts for many crazy things, including Chip Kelly getting fired, including Bradford getting traded, all that type of stuff. I, I think that John Dorenbos, the long snapper getting traded, soliciting many you guys need to do an emergency pod tweets is to this day and for forever still for as long as I can imagine will be the weirdest uh, emergency pod requests we have ever gotten on mass. Uh, Brandon, uh, first of all, like, um, you know, I think as this happens, we're kind of seeing that like, it's pretty likely Rick Lovato is going to be the long snapper anyway. And that how we, you know, on the face of it, any other guy, this is like, wow, you got a seventh round pick for a long snapper. Bravo. Uh, but, you know, this is a different situation. What's your kind of take on, on the, obviously the trade itself, but also the impact of, of them getting rid of the longest tenured Eagle? Well, it's really funny you brought up the emergency podcast thing, James, because I think that was my initial reaction too. I was like, wait, I got to get together with like John and James. And I was like, wait, no, what would we actually talk about other than like 10 minutes of like, oh, the Eagles traded their long snapper. It's a bummer because John Dornboss is a cool dude. He has a great story. He's a fun guy to have in the locker room. But at the same time, you're getting a seventh round pick for a 37-year-old long snapper who got hurt last year. It's kind of a no-brainer. It's it definitely it's a bummer. Uh, I can't deny that. There's definitely an emotional side to it. But to get a seventh-round pick for a guy who wasn't going to make the team, apparently. Apparently, Lovato outplayed him, according to some people we know. So uh, I, I saw Ruben Frank had even said something about that. So it sounds like Lovato somehow outplayed John Dornbos, and he got a seventh-round pick for him, and I'm I'm kind of cool with it. Yeah, I like I understand uh, the the you know America's Got Talent, and he's a personal. And I personally, when I worked for the Eagles for three years, and I had to go in the locker room and ask players to answer stupid fucking questions that they didn't want to answer. John Dornboss was always awesome and would grab the mic and give me awesome stuff. Um, so I, I really appreciate him, but I, I'm with you, man. I think on the face of it, it's a, a clear win. I think obviously the first time Rick Lovato you know, messes up a snap, it's going to be disaster city here. Brendan, uh, and man, the Brandon, Brendan thing, I'm just going to stick with BLG and Brandon here. Cause it's going to be a disaster. Otherwise, uh, Brendan, um, uh, what is your take? You know, obviously a fan perspective. Uh, do, are you someone who looks at the value here and, and are happy with it? Or are you someone who is kind of like, fuck that? Like I like John Doran boss. I mean, immediately, Upon seeing that tweet, I think I was more like immediately affected by this. This is like the second most affected I've been since Dawkins. I think, I think wow. like, I think with when like when Macklin and McCoy left, that was that was really difficult too. But it was sort of in a different way, and I think it's because when I really started falling in love with the Eagles and sort of following all of the online content, and they really started ramping that up. He was a big part of what they were doing with like the inside the locker room videos and everything yes. like that. So I I don't know. I mean, it was that de- it's it's definitely like a bummer that in the NFL in general, a lot of fan favorites don't get to retire in the place that they made their name and really made their home. But uh, I, I think we all knew that 
how he was going to be trying to collect assets this year. You know, like there, there's a gap with the second and third pick missing. So even these things that seem very small could be coupled together and used as assets in the future, I guess. Um, but, and I also remember, uh, I think it was Jimmy Kemsky like last year and maybe the year before that putting together, uh, an article that was sort of a compilation of, uh, some of John snaps being off, you know, like not being that great. And, um, that was the first time I'd really seen that he's been so solid for his career here. So, um, I, I think it was, it was, it was on its way, you know, and hopefully this, this transition smooth. That's all I can really say about it, I guess. Yeah, no, that that's going to be the key. Like, if Rick Lovato comes out the first few weeks of the season and is, you know, uh, uh, for lack of a, a better word, a metronome, uh, and is just, you know, consistent and, and every single time repeating the same delivery and, and is just a beast, I think people will um, be able to move on a little quicker. But when you factor in the fact that uh, whether or not the, you know, he was a little off uh, over the last couple of years as he gets older. He certainly has never made a mistake that anyone remembers, certainly never a mistake in a big spot. Um, so I think the first time that happens, and hopefully it doesn't with Rick Lovato, I think the first time it happens, it's going to be um, – th- then I think we'll dredge all this up. But I, I agree with both of you guys. Um, I-, I think your point, Brendan, a terrific point about Howie and the assets. I think we saw that with the Matt Tobin trade. I mean, just the fact that he got any value. I mean, even if he had moved up in the seventh round to trade Matt Tobin, I would have thought it was impressive. Um, he's shown a real knack for for um, whether it's on a larger scale with the Bradford type trade um, or you know the Tobin trade or this type of stuff, where looking at teams and and really looking at what they need or what you know injuries happen and. And taking advantage of it. So, um, you know, I think f- from a value perspective, look, I mean, uh, uh, I think I can't remember who said this. I heard someone say this today, and it's a crude analogy. But, I mean, Jalen Mills, their starting cornerback on one side was a seventh-round pick. It's not like a seventh-round pick has zero value. I-, I heard a lot of people say, oh, it's you can't get rid of John Dornboss for a stupid seventh-round pick. I mean, <laughs> like you're getting something for nothing in theory, especially if he wasn't going to make the team. I think just the personality and all that stuff. Uh, makes, I makes think people, I think people just lose sight of big picture with some of this stuff. Like it's the same thing with Jordan Matthews. He was not going to be here next year. Yeah. You know, like so when it when you look at things from that perspective, you just have to have to go with it. Yeah, know? and I, I think that part of that is that this team has has sent confusing signals out about kind of going forward and also building for the future. Uh, I, I think we've kind of been consistent here that that. We think they can contend for the playoffs this year, but the real plan is a couple years down the road. Um, so I'm happy with anything that's, that's building toward that. Um, BLG, uh, you know, with this in mind, before we kind of move on here, um, you know, and, and obviously I think we are all super grateful for John Dornboss and, and uh, you know, look, he, he is a you know, famous long snapper for a reason. He's a really likable guy and has a great story. Uh, but um, with this kind of in mind, do you see any other potential for a – surprise trade and and obviously i know the the cuts are going to be a big topic of discussion this week and we'll get into some of that with the jets game but do you think there's any other chances for one more surprise trade well it's howie roseman so there has to be i mean the guy is (laughs) crazy he has wheeling man wheeling and dealing 40 player trades since he took over in 2010 that's that's a lot and five of those were just from when training camp began uh, I don't know if Michael Kendricks would be a surprise trade to people considering he's been on the trade block for the past three years or two years or so. Um, 
I think he's th- there's still a chance he get, can get traded. I know everyone's talking about, oh, he's having such a good preseason. But look, man, like they played him 27% of the snaps last year. I think you guys had mentioned it on the, the postgame show about how I had tweeted, when they pulled the starters, Michael Hendricks was still in the game. I mean that says something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's, I think he's still on the block. I still think Bryce. Tr- I think Bryce Treggs could be in the mix for a guy who's kind of on the bubble. And and Frank Reich coming out this week and saying that this group of receivers is the best that he's been around in a while. So if, yeah, if they really feel that way, yeah. And, and so such a long way they've come from last year when they pretty much had uh, the the worst group of receivers Frank Reich has probably ever been around. So uh, I think. Treggs could be – I think he could make the team too, but I think, you know, he's kind of one of these guys where – Stephen Means, same thing, where you kind of see uh, – I know Stephen Means being your guy, James, and John too. Well, he does He does Means business, so it's a thing. He does, know? but at the, at the same time, I, I was looking at it, and, you know, like he's three years older than McAllister, and he's also a restricted free agent after the season, so they might want to just try to ship him out for something. Kind of similar to the Terrence Brooks deal. That uh, you know, we have to mention here. Uh, it's kind of a, it was kind of a surprising trade in the sense that I thought Terrence Brooks looked pretty good this off season, but the Eagles obviously felt differently because they brought Corey Graham in, pushed Brooks back to the fourth safety, and now you have Dexter McDougal in here, who I think can compete for the starting slot job with Patrick Robinson, if not becoming the starter, at least being depth. But in terms of like a surprise trade big move kind of thing i think it has to be kelsey if we're looking out for something like major i think kelsey getting traded would be like this year's version of the bradford trade i think that's what it would have to take i think some team center would have to go down and i think it would have to take some kind of no-brainer offer but that's kind of the one thing i'm still watching for yeah i think the the i was thinking about the Stephen means thing yesterday and actually kind of surprised i would be surprised if other teams weren't sort of hitting them up about Steven yeah. Means right now. Like, like he looks so good in preseason for the past couple of years, and there's got to be a team that thinks he's better than what they're starting right now. Yeah, I love so, I love me some Steven Means. Um, uh, and I, I get it. He's 26 and whatever, but every time I watch him play, he's he's doing something. He's flashing. He's making some sort, some sort of play out there. So uh, he's I'm like with – the best defensive end in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus, in terms of, like, their pass rush stats – in the preseason. I mean, that's pretty impressive. You know, I mean, it's, so it's the preseason, bad. but it, but it's something. Um, we will uh, obviously uh, touch on the uh, the upcoming preseason game as well. BLG, I want to stay with you real quick um, just because there was a rumor out there today. Speaking of cornerbacks, uh, the Joe Hayden, not a rumor. I mean, Joe Hayden is apparently on the block. Uh, this, of course, solicited many Eagles fans to say, go get Joe Hayden. Uh, BLG, any chance Joe Hayden is coming here? Yeah, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. No. Yeah, I agree. That's why I uh, I was there. Now, speaking of someone who's already here, and um, uh, uh, Brendan, I, I don't know. We haven't heard your take on this. I know uh, BLG and I and John, uh, the um, uh, 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 infirmed, I should say, John, the, uh, the potentially dead again, John. Um, we talked about this on the um, – the WIP show on Saturday, how this, this Nick Foles situation is getting kind of weird. You know, it's like, you know, why, why is he not playing? Why haven't we seen him? What the hell's the deal with his elbow? And then today, the, uh, it, like weird to weirdest as Nick Foles leaves, leaves the facility because he's quote unquote sick. Um, 
Brendan, what do you make of this whole Nick Foles situation and, and kind of do you think there's more to it? I have no idea if there's more to it, but it's kind of it's kind of a shit show at this point, and I think that we should be seriously worried if Carson Wentz gets injured, and there's a good chance that that could happen for you know at least a couple games. But I mean, I know everybody says that if your backup quarterback's playing, the season's pretty much shot anyway. But I mean, I I don't want to go into the season thinking that <laughs> you know like and. And uh, I, I just, I don't know how, man, he's had so little time to actually, to get his head straight here. I really don't know how they can go into the season like this. I mean, they don't have another option at this point, Would, really. would you sign Kaepernick? Would I sign Kaepernick? Yeah. Man, I, can I just, like, pass on the question? <laughs> no, this is BGN Radio, man. We... We get the, yeah, the controversial, man, hard-hitting topics. And, yeah, you don't come <laughs> on here and just duck the tough questions. The Foles thing, like, I, I this worries me. Like, personally, I'm worried about this. I, you, Like, there is nothing after him. I mean, Matt McGloin cannot be the backup for your team. Like, that is just, like you said, Brendan, like, I, I agree. Like, look, if something happens to Carson Wentz, we're all going to be in mourning. We're going to be, like, you know, in the fetal position or something. And Kaepernick, at least in my mind, the most talented option out there. Uh, regardless, that uh, you know we've we've gotten into that discussion. Both BLG and I say that we would absolutely sign Colin Kaepernick if Foles is out for any extended period of time. I don't think you can just say like, yeah, if Wentz gets hurt, the, the season's over. So fuck it. Like that, you know, like no, like you know, at least give it an effort, you know. And, and I think Nick Foles, if healthy, as much as um, he's not BLG's favorite player of all time um gives you at least a, a significantly better chance than matt mcgloin um blg you've been down there kind of what, what's yep. your take on this whole Foles thing well here's the funny thing about that uh if the quarterback's down you know for a long time the season's screwed anyway that's i mean that's probably true but the eagles paid a lot of money and put a lot of resources into this backup quarterback position so like your expectations should be higher because if they're going to pay Chase Daniel the money they did last season and now he's making that same money but he's not even on the team and then they go out and give Nick Foles a deal where he's only making like 1.6 million next year but he's making 7 million next year it's just like they've sunk so much money into this backup quarterback position and now they don't have anything to show for it because like Foles isn't even practicing and he's he's missed all the preseason games and it's just that's part of the frustrating thing to me like you can you can talk about um you know, again, like the backup quarterbacks, then you're screwed anyway. But that shouldn't be the expectation to me if they're paying all this money. If that was the case, they shouldn't have paid all this money. And and to me, the backup quarterback comes into play when like, let's say Wentz has to, to miss four games. Like Nick Foles should be able to come in and at least win two, or at least kind of give you the chance to do something like that. Because then Wentz comes back in, and then your season's still afloat. Yes. You know, it's not like you're putting a. You want a backup who's, you know, he's not going to go 4 0 in that stretch, but he's not going to go 0 4 either. Uh, BLG, I really agree with your point about the accountability here. Um, you know, they went out and made Chase Daniel, what, like the, one of the highest paid, the highest paid backup, something like that in the NFL. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. And then, and then you go out and you pay Nick Foles. And, um, you know, look, you can't control if he gets an elbow injury after you sign him. Like, but, 
you know, having no accountability here with this whole situation and, and look, maybe Foles is fine. Maybe he's fine and this isn't a thing and they go into the season and, and we're just complaining about nothing and, and mea culpa if that happens. But the way they've handled the whole situation is weird. I don't feel good about it. And and if there is something wrong there, I think you're right, Brandon. I think, you know, as much as we've given Howie in that front office a lot of credit here um, over the last few months, really, um, that would be something that we really have to to ding them for. Uh, moving forward, I, the, the most upsetting part is that they're actually making us pine for Nick Foles. Like, what is that? Like, BLG, I mean, right? Like, this is like your worst nightmare times a million to actually, like, not just have Foles back, but actually, like, be like, I, I, I want to see Nick Foles. Where is he? Yeah, they put me in such a bad spot here where yeah. they've given me Matt McGloin. They found a quarterback who I could enjoy less than then Nick Foles and they're like, all right, see Brandon now, now you're going to have to want Nick Foles. And it's, it's kind of like torture, honestly. But, uh, <laughs> I think Kaepernick, <laughs> I think Kaepernick, if, if Foles is going to be out or something, I think he really just makes the most sense. I don't know if he wants to come here. I don't know. Um, if the money would make sense, like, cause if he's going to be like 6 million, which I don't know if that's the case or, but if he's going to be anything significant, like I don't want to spend that cause it's just a backup and you, you need that cap space to roll over next year. So if that's a factor, I'm fine with not getting him. But, uh, if it's, if he's reasonable, look, he doesn't have to be perfect. Again, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not counting on him to save the season. If he comes in, I'm just saying, get me through a game. And, and even though he might struggle as a passer, like he can run around a little bit. And <laughs> Nick Foles and Matt McGloin can definitely not do that. So that's how I look at it. I don't think there's any chance Cap would cost that much. And I agree they can't pay that. I mean, you know, what you've already, you're already paying Chase Daniel $6 million. You'd be paying Seven like million. what? Okay, so you'd be paying like $18 million or $17 million to backup <laughs> quarterbacks this year? You Plus Sam Bradford, crazy? who still that, counts on oh the cap. Oh, my God. All right, so like that's not happening. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, oh, yeah, real quick, though. Can, can Frank Reich still play backup quarterback? I mean, he's not doing Just anything else, is he? Is Frank Reich doing anything else? Because I don't think he is. I don't know what his deal is. Does he do anything? Um, all he right. runs sprints with the team after practice. Uh, it's good. And he talks about how great the wide receiving core is. Um, all right, Brendan, um, before, we, uh, before we touch on, uh, hopefully ever so quickly, the Eagles-Jets game, uh, we are through three preseason games. Um, no more starters, or at least you know high-end starters, uh, will play again before the season starts. What do you feel is the biggest thing or things you've learned through these three preseason games? Uh, I mean, the biggest thing is that I'm just scared to death of the running running back position. Obviously, everybody's talking about it. It's not a shocker, but um, I've liked Smallwood since they drafted him, but that doesn't matter if he's injury prone. It's He's not going to last in the league very long, and it's not going to help us out this year either. So um, I don't know, man. I don't know that it's that's the hardest one for me. I just I don't know how Wentz is going to look if the if the line doesn't sort of settle in and uh, the running backs don't pick up. But to that effect, I, I've been thinking about that today. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen Sproles at all. And I think I, I think it's just going to be really different when the season starts. I think I think the line is going to settle a little bit and. Uh, you know, the game planning and, and Sproles being there is going to be a big help. He's going to be a big part of the offense and we haven't seen him at all. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Like we, I, I, and I feel like no one's really talked about it much at least. And, um, you know, we just count on Sproles as, as Sproles, but we haven't seen him at all this preseason. I think you can't 
look at this offense and judge it in any meaningful way if Darren Sproles isn't playing a meaningful amount of snaps because he's going to be, and he's such an X factor for the offense. And I think, you know, also Jason Peters certainly uh, hasn't seen the field that much either. Uh, uh, BLG, uh, I know you've obviously uh, had many similar gripes to Brendan's there about the running game. Um, where, where are you at through pre- three preseason games? Other, obviously, uh, I know the biggest takeaway, of course, the fact that the entire team has, has at least for the most part, stayed healthy, which is, uh, I think we can all say, the number one only uh, most important thing after seeing Julian Edelman go down and Spencer Ware go down and all those types of guys go down. And I'll say it again. Don't draft your fantasy leagues early. Um, it sucks when you lose guys. Turtle. Um, t- turtle, you screwed me. Um, uh, but Brent, uh, BLG, uh, what, what for you has been, uh, kind of the thing you feel like you've learned, if anything about this team through, through three preseason games? Well, I do want to stress what you just said again. Like that's, it's the most important thing. It's really the most important thing. Everyone's healthy. That's the biggest thing you want out of preseason every year. But beyond that, and to Brendan's point, the running game thing is so frustrating, man. It's it's what I talked about all. (laughs) It's what I talked about. It's like, I feel like I'm going to go insane if it's the same thing this year. Now I expect Carson to be, you know, more developed. I expect the receivers to be better. So if he has to throw a lot again, it might not, you know, I don't expect it to be as bad, but I just feel like we're going to have some games where, all right, Carson Wentz has to throw, you know, like a ton every week. And then all, there's all this pressure on him. And in fairness, you know, they drafted him to be the guy, so he has to step up. But it's still, it's just, it would be so nice if they just had a running game that could actually give him some help at least every once in a while. And I don't really know if they have that. Hopefully they do. We'll see how it shakes out. I think the biggest thing for me is what I was saying all along (laughs) before. We'll see. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I hope they do. Before any of this happened, I was like, this Eagles defensive line is going to eat this year. And man, like just look at, go back and watch the preseason and think of the, some of the biggest plays on defense. And just this past week against the Dolphins, it was Vinnie Curry coming in and getting a strip sack and Brandon Graham exploding into the backfield to tackle Shady McCoy, which was helped by Fletcher Cox blowing up the middle. And Jim Schwartz even said this week that you look at a guy like Tim Jernigan, who hasn't been productive stat wise He's making it so that Fletcher Cox isn't getting doubled all the time because you can't double Fletcher Cox all the time when Tim Jernigan is in there and he's rushing the passer as well. So I think this defensive line is legit, and I expect it to make a real difference for the team this year. Yeah, I think um, also to Brendan's point about the uh, kind of how they've looked in the preseason, I'm, uh, I, it's really hard to take too much away from preseason games for obviously a number of factors The you know, Players trying the hardest are usually the ones trying to make the roster, not the ones who have already made it. But more so, the the play calling and the the you know the real vanilla nature of everything. I mean, no coach is going to put any core important stuff on film for every team in the league to get a jump start at looking at it. Like that's just not the way these guys do this thing. Like so, you know, I I have trouble getting um, too wrapped up in stuff that we see in the preseason. But I think for me, and and I totally agree with both of you, the running game. Uh, I think it's certainly a worry, and uh, I think the D-line is going to be great. But for me, my biggest overall takeaway is that I think that this passing game is going to be really good. I-, I think Carson Wentz, what we saw from him, and, and you know, obviously we've mentioned it, tons and tons of, of uh, you know, issues still with the, with the, you know, rookie-ish, you know, early type career type stuff with not throwing the ball away when he should or trying to make a tackle on an interception or whatever it is, but... 
man, uh, you know, we've seen some pretty special physical stuff from him, some pretty heady plays, the ability to um, make something out of nothing, which, you know, not every quarterback can do. Like, you know, just not every starting quarterback in the NFL has that ability. I think, Brandon, uh, BLG, you mentioned that on one of the most recent pods as well. Just um, And I think that that's, that's look, uh, the most important thing. Obviously, it's all about Carson. Uh, you know, it is. So um, I think, I, I personally, I feel positive about what I've seen from Wentz, but more so seeing Alshon, seeing the way he just snatches the ball out of the air, seeing that Torrey Smith can still run a little bit, seeing, uh, wait for it, Brendan Ekstrom, seeing Zach Ertz <laughs> making some nice but, plays and what, looking ready think, to start the season. I think, though, like, th- that was just a, that was one take that I have from preseason, the running game aspect, but I think if there is one big picture overall take, that it's that this year's going to be fun again. Last year was, like, Tough to watch at times. It's fun here and there. But I think speaking to the wide receivers, uh, that there's going to be exciting plays on defense. There's going to be exciting plays on offense. And I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. I have no idea if they're going to be a good team or a mediocre team, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And that's awesome. I 100 million percent agree with you. Like, it's fun to have receivers that can catch the ball and can get open. It's fun to have a quarterback who's got all the potential in the world and to see him grow and develop and, and to actually have a good defense, potentially at least parts of a good defense. Uh, incredibly exciting. Uh, perfect segue though. Cause you know, what's not going to be fun this Thursday night's football game is the Jets and Eagles. Uh, I mean, the, the quality of player on the field is going to be about as bad as you'll see in an NFL game of any kind. Uh, BLG, uh, let's start with you. Obviously I think, um, the, the Corey Clement, uh, Donnell Pumphrey position battle is uh, is kind of the number one thing. We've talked about that to death. If you have anything to add there, feel free. Um, but I, I think we're all kind of our, – our takes on that have all kind of been um, beaten to death. But uh, in addition to that, who do you think this game is most important for? Well, a good point on the Pumphrey thing from our good friend Matt Deering at Oh well, on Twitter, of course, uh, is that the newly uh, employed? Oh well, is Mazel. that indeed? Is that um, uh, if the Eagles want to put Donald Pumphrey on injured reserve, they can't actually do that unless they have him on the fifty-three man roster first, unless they want to subject him to waivers, which I think they wouldn't. So he would actually have to make the fifty-three, which means you would probably have to cut Clement. Originally, even if you did want to keep Clement over Pumphrey if you're going to injured reserve him. So that's kind of a tricky thing to watch out for. And something to remember as final cuts take place at 4 p.m. this Saturday is that uh, the final roster isn't really necessarily the final roster. We saw that happen with Paul Turner last year. You know, he makes the original team, but then they cut him to make room for a guy like Bryce Treggs or something like that. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. Some of these guys in the final preseason game might have a good game and they might make that final roster, but it might not mean a lot because how he could trade him or they could get cut because, again, there's someone on the waivers that's more interesting. So I think when it comes to that running back battle and, and Corey Clement, and I've said it a lot by now, I think Corey Clement is fine. I think he's a, a good kid from what I can tell. Uh, plays hard. He works hard. He's I think he's made progress over the summer. It's, it's a nice story, obviously local kid and everything, but I just don't see anything super special there, and I think you can risk cutting him and putting him on the practice squad 
because I just don't think he does anything so well that teams are just sitting out there being like, man, I can't wait to scoop up Corey Clement when the Eagles cut him because they're, you know, they're going to have to cut one of their own players too. So I think the running back thing isn't actually too much of a, a battle. I think Pumphrey's going to make it, even though he hasn't looked good this offseason. But there's still a bunch of other positions, and Doug even mentioned them. He mentioned running back. He mentioned offensive tackle. Uh, Dylan Gordon and Taylor Hart, surprisingly, who's moved from defensive tackle and now is suddenly looking not awful at <laughs> offensive tackle. Kind of a big surprise. Uh, linebackers, it is a ringing endorsement. Linebackers still up in the air. There's still some like depth spots that are kind of like interesting only in the context of the the pre the fourth preseason game, but actually probably aren't too meaningful uh, as far as things that matter this season. Which is the beauty of this fan base, the fact that we can get all lathered up about a Corey Clement, Donnell Pumphrey debate. And the fact that when, as I agree with you, uh, BLG, most likely Pumphrey makes a team and Clement uh, is subjected to waivers, the the outcry uh, will be, you know, insane for the fourth running back. But that's what's uh, what's beautiful about it. Uh, With that in mind, and we're going to get to Twitter questions in just a minute here. And and as uh, BLG alluded to with cuts and stuff, uh, our post-game show for the Jets-Eagles game is is probably going to be more of a, uh, a roster prediction show than anything. Um, so, so that'll come up. But, uh, Brendan, let, let's end the Eagles-Jets thing on, on this. Like, do you care? And if so, why should we care? You know what? On some level, I think the reason people get so attached to that fourth running back is just so they can give a shit about this last game like <laughs> it's true it's a great otherwise point. they got nothing going on but uh I, i'm gonna watch it based on you know i would like to see i would like to see pumphrey have a strong game it'd be great to see that um and i really i, I i'm gonna enjoy watching Byron Marshall, I guess, for his last game as an Eagle, because I've been a fan of his, actually. I thought he was a little bit... I, I don't know. I, I didn't see... He looked better than Pumphrey, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I like him, too, man. I'm with to, you. Yeah, I didn't see the need to draft, like, another, like, all-purpose back when he was doing a pretty good job at that. So, uh, otherwise, I literally don't have anything to say about it. Yeah, I... I, I, I yeah, I have nothing to add. I mean, just the... The mere prospect of having to watch three quarters or whatever of Matt McGloin makes me want to like just shoot myself. Like I, I don't. I, it sounds so awful, um, but you know that's what we that's what we got to do here. Um, but uh, I, I agree with your your overall points, and uh, I, I think it does give people something to uh, to kind of look forward to here. And and I'm with you on the fact that I want to see Pumphrey have a good game because I think he's making the roster, and it would just make it a lot easier for all the uh, you know, if you don't put Corey Clement on the team, I'm going to be outraged type people um, who it doesn't seem like any of us are, are there. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to some Twitter questions. As as always, shout out to anyone who uh, actually even even if it's 10 seconds to tweet, took the actual time to tweet us as uh, we, we are uh, so appreciative to everyone who listens and interacts and all that. And of course, many ways to interact now. We've got daily podcasts now. BLG has been killing it. Uh, with his uh, Monday, it's Monday Daily Pods you got, right? Correct. Yeah, killing it. Um, uh, Daily Pods, uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Of course, the the Mothership shows, uh, Jack Fritz with Counterpoint, of course, Vince Quinn with the uh, incomparable, uncomparable, incomparable, I think it's uncomparable, uh, incomparable. I think it's in-uncomparable. 
Yeah, that was it. In Uncomparable, uh, uh, upon further review, which is just a, a terrific, terrific show. So obviously, lots of content for you. So as always, we appreciate you guys listening and, uh, and interacting and all that. So speaking of which, a perfect question to start out because it is from... The man who makes upon further review, Mr. Vince Quinn, chiming in and has a, a really a great question here, BLG. Is Bartrud actually sick? I've wondered this myself. Um, well, it's funny that Vince brings that up because I like that we got another tweet from at Rogmodo. It's not even a question. It's just a picture that meme of going around yeah. with John looking like yeah. super hot and sweaty. <laughs> so, and angry. <laughs> I'm just going to assume... Uh, John is just super hot and sweaty and angry right now. Yes, I think so too. Uh, there, it has also been posited out there that he's dead again, which is possible. Oh, we've man. had, we've had a real bout of death going around the BGN crew. I think we've all died at one point or another. So, uh, hopefully John can get over the bout of death and, uh, and, and move forward here. Uh, another, uh, uh, it's like the, uh, WIP producer, uh, chime in show is Vince Quinn. Of course, the producer of the evening show with Johnny Marks. And uh, an afternoon show producer, Mr. Ben Livingston, him of the hot Twitter takes at times. Uh, a great question here for you, Brendan. Uh, not specifically for you, but I'm making it for you because I, I think you're the perfect person to answer this question. Why is candy corn always white, orange, and yellow? Um, those, uh, no, I got nothing, man. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know either. You know why? <laughs> because that's the fucking color it is. Um, all right, BLG, uh, uh, here we go. Let's actually stick with Brendan because that wasn't, that wasn't really a, 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 a very answerable question there. Do we like candy corn here? Can we flip it into I that? do. I, I've found that that's a, a, it's a generally, very controversial yeah, general, I, I like candy corn. I know it's stale Same. a lot of the time. Thank you, BLG. Brendan? Yeah, I just anything with candy in it and corn in it, I'm down. Mostly, me too. I'm a corn on the cob guy, so I'd rather have corn on the cob than candy corn, but down for whatever. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent with that. All right, uh, our uh, great great friend of the show and uh, uh, BLG's uh, in BLG's opinion, our handsomest. Uh, listener, uh, <laughs> Mr. Stephen Lee chiming in. Uh, so Brennan, let's stick with you here. Um, as a, uh, a longtime Eagles fan, this is, uh, uh, Stephen, a, uh, I don't know why you would, would bring these memories up, uh, make us sad, but what was the most heartbreaking of the, uh, NFC championship game losses? Oh, one, oh, two, oh, three or 08. Uh, and then he said, it's pathetic that we have so many to choose from. That is true. Uh, we've actually got five to choose from um so uh oh, i guess only four losses one one win we won one yay uh brendan which for you was the most painful for me and i it's probably not the same for everybody but for me it was the 08 one because i thought i ended on a penalty and i and i almost lost my mind kevin Curtis, right? <laughs> yeah, Ex was, expand was... on the almost lost your mind uh, you know, like it was not my house, so I wasn't able to take the TV to the river and put it in the boat and set, <laughs> like shoot it with a fire drill, like I usually do at the end of the Eagles season. But uh, you know, I, I I just sat there. That's that's kind of how I dealt with it. That was Strong. bad, man. That was really bad. That Kevin, that that was the Kevin Curtis play. There was clearly yeah. interference. Everybody saw it. Uh, yeah, and I think and, and what was an even bigger bummer too because like that was the end. 
You know, that Dog's was the, game. yeah, yeah. Dog's last game, McNabb, and, and you knew it in the moment. You knew on the run-up, you're like, oh, wow, this is it, the last gasp. Like, can they finally get over the hump? Uh, huge bummer. Uh, BLG, what is your answer? Um, I That has to be mine because I was more in tune with the team at that time. I was still a little bit young uh, for some of the early ones, but I, I, I didn't see it in person, but everyone talks about the Rondé thing, and I, I think that has to be the answer the Ronde barber and interception yes, the the just, tampa, the correct yeah. answer to this question is that tampa bay game uh everyone just talked about the silence that uh, it, happened it, it, after that play. i as we all know am the uh you know elder statesman of the bgn crew i mean uh, a nice way of saying i'm an old man um i remember it vividly and uh it, there was so much that went into why that was the most painful loss of course the last game at the vet uh, the whole Tampa Bay had never won above 32 degrees. Like it was a thing like, you know, and all this stuff. And like, that was the one that felt like we were going to win it the most of all of those. Like that was the one, like that was our game. Like we were better than that team and we were home and they couldn't come up here and play in our weather. And it was the last fucking game ever at the vet. Like that was the game. Uh, I've never been so disappointed as a, a football fan as, a, as at the end of that game and, and Rondé and Jurevicious and um, awful. Especially we beat them in the playoffs the year before, too. It's, it's just so uh, – I'm not over it. Still, yeah, I just, I just wanted to say that the reason that I didn't say that one is because I didn't want to fucking think about it. So, uh, <laughs> it's exactly right. Sorry, Come on, guys. Steven. Thanks for, thanks for Way to go. all of it again. Yeah, well, I blame Stephen Lee for for bringing the room down here uh, with this one. Such such a bummer here. Uh, all right, uh, interesting question from our good friend uh, out on the left coast at not my real emails, John from Portland, Brandon or BLG, I should say, uh, is the strong preseason play of Kendrick's a comfort? Uh, excuse me, uh, Kendrick's comfort in scheme slash him playing to the strengths, or it is an illu- or is it an illusion? He really liked him a few years ago. I think part of it is that Michael Kendricks has been in the right place at the right time. I mean, like, he's making these interceptions in part on there were tip balls that happened to be right next to him. I mean, credit to him, he caught the ball and he made the play. Still, it's just, it's not enough for me to be like, oh, yeah, Michael Kendricks is just really good now and the Eagles have to play him a lot. I mean, look, Michael Kendricks, he's a talented player. There's no question about that. But he's so erratic. Everyone who thinks Michael Kendricks is really good all of a sudden, I just please go back and watch that Lions Eagles game from last year. Oh my and then god, Theoretic Theoretic still like you, owns Michael Kendrick's soul. Just tell me how you feel about Michael Kendrick's after watching that game. I think I would still love to I, well, I think training him for a fourth round pick just makes a ton of sense. It, I don't think the Eagles will get that, but I think like if that's the offer they can get, boom, just do it. He's out of here. I know people want to keep him for depth reasons, and if that's what the Eagles do, totally fine with it. But I just I hate the idea that like you can't trade him and he's just super valuable. He's totally going to be gone after this year anyway, and I just don't think for what the Eagles won out of him, I just don't think he's like super useful in this scheme. I I totally agree with you. I think I think that if you're not using him to attack, then you're using him totally wrong, and they haven't been doing that. They haven't. I mean, he hasn't shown that he can stay on the field because even in the even in this preseason games where you know, he's making these interceptions and splash plays. If you're watching the next play, he's getting washed out of the gap when he's supposed to be making yep. a tackle on the running back. And no one's talking about that either, you know? So, I don't know. It's tough. I really like the guy, and I had a lot of hope, high hopes for him as a player coming out. 
but the consistency is the issue, and he's just shown a lot of production in a short amount of time. I think it'll go back to being the same thing when the season starts. Yeah, uh, to quote uh, the late great Dennis Green, Michael Kendricks is who we thought he was. Uh, It's the fucking preseason. Uh, Let's chill out. Um, uh, I'm with you, BLG. If you can get a fourth, even a fifth form, I think you'd probably do it. But at the same time, like, again, a position without a lot of depth behind him, so it wouldn't be the worst thing ever if he uh, stays on the team. Uh, Brendan, uh, a far more important question from Stephen Walker II on Twitter. Favorite adult beverage? (laughs) um somewhere it's mostly scotch i've been like that i've been into mezcal lately so uh i've taken to collecting scotch recently so you're talking about being old yeah get in line dude (laughs) yeah no that's fair that's fair uh blg you got an answer here oh it's a chocolatini obviously yeah i think for blg it's just whatever has an insane amount of alcohol in it he's uh he's good with that the hot walk in and say what's the most alcohol you got in one drink i'll take that yo you Um, gotta go to go to max brenner's and get one of those chocolatinis man yeah i've had it i've had it from there it's good of course you have blg of course you have um all right uh let's uh my favorite is um all of them i will drink anything just put it in front of me uh, I like the scotch answer. call, though. That is a, that's a, a, a good way of going about it here. Uh, all right. Uh, let's take uh, – this is a fun one from Ken Colcahoon. Colcahoon. Kenny Cow at Kenny Cow on Twitter. Uh, who, is the under the ra- who is an under-the-radar player who could have a breakout season, a surprise star or contributor this season? BLG, let's start with you. Um. This is a pretty good question. I don't know if there is anyone actually. <laughs> not to, not to. Um, yeah. Well, when we're arguing about the fourth running back, there aren't a ton of quote unquote, you know, unknowns or breakouts to anybody, right? Um. Yeah. I just don't think there's anyone in that. Like, I, I don't think there's anyone that really like. There's you have a guy like Billy Brown, but like, I don't think he's he might not even make the team. Maybe he does, but even if he does, he's probably not going to play. Um, the running back position, maybe Wendell Smallwood. Like, if you want to count him in, in the sense of like, uh, he's kind, I don't know if he's under the radar, maybe because of the injuries and he hasn't been playing. I guess you could maybe be, maybe count him. Um, uh, you know, I'm gonna say actually, I'm gonna say Rick Lovato. I, I think he's really gonna step up with yes! Dan Boscott. <laughs> See, you know, that's why he's a pros pro, Ben. And I mean. Shh. Look at how he did that. Look at how he just swung that around. I'm going um, to Brendan- say Trey Burton just for the hell of it. Ooh, I uh, love and, and that answer. It's 100%, you know, whether they decide to use him or not because I think he could produce if they decide they want to. Yeah, I really like that answer a lot. The Lovato thing brings up another point, though. I'm, st- I'm a little bit scared about uh, Sturgis, and I don't want to be going into this season thinking about that either. So yeah. Uh, I'm I'm all right with Sturgis until he starts missing during the regular season season or season either or um, season. Se- until he starts missing during the regular the season. season yeah um, uh, you know I'm not gonna get too worried about it but um uh, total I love I love the Burton call I think Burton one of those guys who uh, clearly has a really nice connection with Wentz and and I, I think can do pretty much anything they want him to do on the field uh, versatile great hands all that stuff so uh, I'm with you there I think. Um, and, and it, I feel weird even saying, cause I, I was definitely among those ripping him, uh, mercilessly last season in the off season, but 
I think there's a chance Jalen Mills could be okay this season. And I don't think he's going to hey. be like a breakout star or anything, but I think going up against the second receiver uh, each week and, and, you know, a year of growth, a year in the system, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 let's put it this way. I feel a lot less worried about Jalen Mills. And again, it's just the preseason, but uh, then I did, you know, when he was a uh, coming off last season and B going to be the number one corner. The coaches love him so much, too. Like, Jim Schwartz during his press conference this week, he wasn't even asked about him. He was asked about Patrick Robinson playing the slot, and he went out of his way to be like, you know, part of the reason we can put Patrick Robinson in the slot right now is because Jalen Mills has been playing really well in the outside for us. So players like Jalen Mills, Malcolm Jenkins praised him a lot earlier this offseason. The coaches like Jalen, uh, I think that there's something to that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, before we get to our final thoughts as uh, as we get out of here coming up here, I have a, I have a, uh, a, a Twitter question from me to Brendan Uh-oh. Ekstrom. Look at this. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't actually tweet it, so I'm kind of lying about that. But, this is um, cheating. Uh, it's not even a question. I guess it can be. I'll, I'll frame it like a question. Uh, a we're going to give you the honor of choosing the outro music for the pod today. Obviously, you know, we could go Circus Survive, but I feel like – you know, that, that's a little cliche to put the music on when you're on. And, uh, you know, I mean, I could do it if you want me to. But I, I'm going to give you the opportunity to pick whatever you want to be the outro music. Yeah, yeah. I have to answer that right now on the spot. All right, fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, your mama by Farside. Um, and that's, <laughs> I that's, love that's, Farside. That's, that's, yeah, that's for that dude on the Redskins that's talking shit on Lane Johnson. So what, what far side song did you hear? I couldn't. Did you say I couldn't hear you? Your mama. Oh hell yeah! That is a terrific answer. Oh, I'm very excited about this. That's a see. That's why you're the best, Brennan. All right. Um, uh, before we get out of here uh, again, uh, one more reminder: daily shows uh, every single day. We've got Counterpoint. We've got Upon Further Review. Uh, all kinds of good stuff, uh, Brendan. Uh, when, uh, anything going on with, uh, Circa, is there anything, uh, you want to promote or, or, uh, you know, shout out to the peeps? Thanks for asking. Yeah. We're putting out a record, a new record, September 22nd. Um, and we have, uh, some dates released for tour in the fall. I think it starts in November. Uh, those tickets are for sale. It's with Thrice, uh, another local band, band Balance and Composure. Those guys are awesome in a band called Chomp. Yep. So really excited about that. And, uh. I know. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Oh my goodness! Well, it was our pleasure. Look at him; he's like promoting beast. Uh, just busting that out there. Just right uh, off the dome. Right just off right off the, the top. I I was impressed. I, I you know not many people aren't ready for for such things. Um, BLG, uh, uh, before your final thought, anything uh, anything of note coming up on uh, bleedinggreennation.com? Yeah, we we have a world tour we're going on soon with uh, Jay Z, Kanye West. Wow. Um, U2 is going to be there. Wow! Yeah, it's, it's it's a big deal just to promote You're a website. You're headlining, Very... right? Obviously. <laughs> yes, as a website too. It's just too. BLG it's... up there with a computer <laughs> writing in front of the entire crowd. Yeah, I'm just going to come out and just you know like blog a couple articles yeah. in front of everyone. Put your headphones on, just lock in. <laughs> Might do like a podcast too. That'd be pretty cool <laughs> in front of everyone. I'm yeah, sure everyone would really love that. Yeah, um, I think so. We, we yeah, just the you same know, crowd that goes to Jay Z and Kanye West concerts. <laughs> but we're, we'll have a ton of coverage for the on BGN here as final cuts come through. So obviously, stay tuned with that. Stay tuned on the Bleeding Green Nation Facebook page. I'm sure we'll be doing some live podcasts there. Facebook.com/backslash 
Bleeding Green Nation, and also our BGN Radio Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash BGN Radio Podcast. As always, make sure you go and give us the five-star ratings and review. You know, there's, those are two separate things. So you can leave a five-star rating, and then you can type out a review. Please do both. And thanks again to Brendan for joining us on what turned out to be, as I said, a pretty fun podcast. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, we are, are the grateful ones for Brendan taking the time to hang with us. Uh, do, really seriously, though, like give the, the five-star reviews or even any review. It makes uh, Brandon, BLG, not Brendan, Brandon. Maybe it makes Brendan happy, too. But I know it makes BLG incredibly happy. So uh, if you like BLG and you should because he's like the best guy ever, uh, just fill out our review because uh, it really will make him happy. Brendan, uh, any final thoughts before, uh, before we let you go? Yeah, I got a, a quick anecdote specifically for you. So I, I had my two-year-old daughter in the car the other day, and she loves trains right now. So I typed into Spotify, train song. And oh, second, yeah, you did! The second song that came up was a fish song. And Did uh, you listen? So I was like, you know what? This always sounded like children's music to me. Maybe she'll really like it. And I put it on, and... And immediately she was just like, he said train and just, she loves it so much. <laughs> and I, and I, I turned it off like halfway through the song and she said, that was a really good song. And she's never said anything like that about music <laughs> yes! or about anything like a full sentence. And now I just like, I'm in like, it's just turmoil for me now i don't know this is the greatest news Uh, like i'm i'm smitten right now Uh, your daughter is clearly the best well an hour Um, later i was looking in the back of the car and she was i I could just see on her face that she looked like really really bored and and i found myself saying we're not listening to fucking fish (laughs) like like i thought she was thinking about it you know and i was like no not doing it Uh, it's a great song beautiful song all the way home before anyway uh awesome uh dude that my day is made my final thought is that brendan ekstrom is freaking awesome uh, and clearly a good parent as long as he keeps playing that fish uh for his daughter blg any final thoughts you already asked me for mine james well i figured you could you know you might have a final <laughs> thought in addition you know you never know right i want to give you one more chance um all right i so, appreciate it that's very kind of you i i love you buddy that's what i'm saying to get, give the reviews for brandon he's a sweetheart yes um all right so again uh we really appreciate everyone tweeting uh interacting and uh, of course listening and all that uh we will be coming your way soon with a post game show after potentially the worst game in the history of the sport. So that should be fun as well. Uh, roster predictions, all that stuff. Uh, stay tuned to bleedinggreennation.com for all the cuts. Saturday at 4 o'clock, we will be on WIP 1-3, to three, but Brandon will be locked in uh, ahead of 4 and at 4, all the roster cuts, all the news. So definitely uh, check all that out as well. So for the uh, recently deceased John Barchard, well uh, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton, <laughs> Uh, and for uh, special guests, our own very own rock star on the show, Mr. Brennan Ekstrom. I am James Seltzer. Thank you for listening to episode 255 of BGN Radio.
ready for the clap. That, that sounds super sexual again. <laughs> you ready for me to give you the clap? Um, <laughs> all right, ready? Three, two, clap. All right, ready? Three, two. Close enough. It's terrible. Yeah, it wasn't the best, but, you know, we'll, we'll get by. Well, well, here's the problem. You said three, two, clap, and then when you started counting, it was about 50% slower than that. Well, I'm not a fucking metronome like you are. What do you want me to do? All right, let's do it one more time. We're going to we're gonna try and rectify yeah. this. Ready? I'll go, one more. I'm going to go quick. I'm going to go three, two, clap, like quick. No, no hesitation. All right, ready? Three, two. Nope, that didn't work. Let's do it again. This is terrible. Ready? I'll, I'll go three. Two, clap. Ready? Three, well, two. I have, a, I have a solution for this for you guys in the future. Do you want to hear yeah. it? Yeah, I'd love to. Just go, just like go one, two, three, one, two, clap. So there's like already a rhythm like that everybody's in for it. You know what I mean? I do. I love that you're bringing okay. a musician's. Uh, Let's do it. Uh, talent. Okay, so we're going to get, I'm going to go one, two, three, one, two, clap. Good? Yeah. Cool. All right, ready? One, two, three, one, two. Nope. It's too no. fast. I'm going to go a little slower. This is embarrassing. Ready? Let's <laughs> get some good Easter egg content. Ready? I know, right? One, two, three, one, two. Good enough. I will make that fucking work. We are not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs>